Hello, and welcome to episode 110 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. A warm welcome to Maximilano G, Jim T, and Ellen H, the newest members of the Modern Manager community. I am so glad to have you, and I look forward to connecting with you in the members-only group in Slack. Now, quick question. Have you worked for a rockstar manager? Or maybe you know someone who has. I'm looking for people to interview for my upcoming book, and I would love to include your story and to learn from you or people you know. Interviews are 45 minutes long, and they are completely confidential unless you give me express written permission to attribute a story to you. So if you've had a great boss and want to help contribute your lessons to help other managers know what it takes to create a happy, healthy work environment, head to managerialgreatness.com to schedule your interview. And if sadly no great boss comes to mind, well, first, that is why I'm writing this book so that we can have more great managers in the world. But second, please share this website with others, with friends and colleagues. My goal is to interview 100 people across industries, functions, organizational sizes, demographics, and I can't do that without your help. Again, the website is managerialgreatness.com, and of course, it's in the show notes. Alrighty, today's guest is Dr. Marsha Reynolds. Marsha is a world-renowned expert on inspiring change through conversations, delivering programs and coaching leaders in 41 countries while reaching thousands online. She has four award-winning books, including the one she just released, Coach the Person, Not the Problem, a guide to using reflective inquiry. Marsha is passionate about how coaching contributes to making our organizations and the world a better place for all. Marsha and I talk about the difference between advising, questioning, and true coaching. We get into the practicality of how to have a productive coaching conversation and what happens when you actually help someone see their own thought patterns and choose transformation for themselves. Now here's the conversation. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. Marsha, it is really a pleasure to be speaking with you today. As I already told you in our little pre-call, I am loving your book. So I definitely want to give a shout out to your book for everyone who's listening who, you know, learns a little in this conversation and wants to dig in more. So thank you. And I'm really excited to talk with you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So let's talk about coaching. And this is a subject I've talked about before, but never quite from the frame that you talk about it. Because typically coaching in my mind, and I think in many managers' minds is, you know, my job is to help the other person by asking them really good questions and helping them by giving advice and ideas and sharing my expertise. But that's not what you say coaching is. So what is your definition of coaching? You know, I I say that Coaching is when we are a thinking partner with people. We help them to take the stories out of their head and look at them and and see where the stories are serving them now. And when they're, you know, laced with old beliefs and crazy logic and conflicts that are not serving them, that are maybe in opposition and sabotaging them. So you're right that leaders think I was promoted because I know stuff. So I must share stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. and help people by telling them what to do better. 
but that's the the least effective way of changing people's minds and behavior. You know, they they distort what you tell them when they try to remember it. They've got emotions going on, so they don't hear it the same way that you intend it to be interpreted. And then leaders get angry that, well, you know, I told you to do that and you didn't do it, or you didn't do it the way I wanted you to. And and so it then they disconnect with employees by telling them what to do. And we'll get into it, but coaching is more than just asking questions because then people feel interrogated for one thing, and it doesn't make them stop and look at their stories. They just um, answer the questions. So there's other ways that are really simple for managers to integrate into their conversations that will help people to think more broadly for themselves. Well, before we get to those how-tos, because I think they're, you know, they're really insightful, I just mm-hmm. wanted, wanted to highlight this idea that when we give people the answers or we kind of like help them agree to some next steps that they aren't, maybe they didn't generate themselves or that they aren't fully bought into, it doesn't go anywhere. And I cannot tell Mm -hmm. you the number of times where I myself have done that, where someone has said to me, you know, you really should do this. Like that would totally solve the problem. I'm like, yeah, intellectually, a hundred percent, I agree. But then three days later, I'm like, I really don't want to do that. So I'm just not going to do it. (laughs) Exactly. Or you just don't remember. (laughs) Yes. Right. Or you don't remember the conversation. You didn't write it down. And maybe you didn't Mm -hmm. write it down because you don't want to remember it. Right. Well, you know, when we tell people what to do, we're actually pacifying their brain. And we're only activating this cognitive thinking short term, short term memory. (laughs) And so it's like, even if I say to you, wow, that's awesome. That was really helpful. Thank you. The moment I leave you, I'm bombarded with information, with crisis, with people wanting my attention, with the news, you know, all that's going on. And then there's my own fears and anxiety. And so by the time that I try to remember what you said to me, it's fully distorted with everything that's come at me. It gets all mixed up. And then when I go to sleep at night, my brain sorts through what was most important today, and it throws out the rest. And so it's likely that the brain's going to say, well, that was interesting, but not worth it. (laughs) And so then when I'm like, oh, what was she said? I might remember a key word or two, and then I'll make it up from there. You know, no, and I'll say, no, I remember what you said. This is what you said. And it's like, well, that's not what I said. (laughs) And again, it creates conflict and we get mad and we say, well, you weren't listening. You know, and then we judge people because their brain was doing what it normally does when you tell them what to do. Oh, it's so fascinating. Mm -hmm. Like from a, from like a brain efficiency perspective that Mm -hmm. if we're not bought into something, if we're just being told and being fed something that one, both it doesn't actually serve us and build us for the future. And that our our brain treats that information differently than things that we generate, I guess, or things that we discover for ourselves. Uh, Maybe I'm making assumptions here, but it sounds like that's what you're saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Um, Thank you. It was a great summary. And the key word that you said was what we generate ourselves. Because when we generate an idea ourselves, then it is using a different part of the brain, the middle brain, which is long-term memory. (laughs) And, you know, we are more likely then to remember the thought, especially if we speak it out loud. And this is why it's important for leaders to have these conversations, because when I have my own aha moment or I come up with a solution, 
the leader has to say, so what is it you just discovered? You know, what's the new way you're seeing this? Because I have to speak it out loud to really crystallize it and remember it. So I generate it, but then I speak it, and then it becomes more permanent memory. And I'm more committed to taking action than if you just tell me what to do and and what you said. And then I go away going, I don't really want to do that. (laughs) So how do we help people do that thinking for themselves? How do we do that thought partnership that you, you started us off on? Yeah. Well, you know, the thing that people get stuck on is they've read so many books about, oh, you have to ask these questions. So first off, when they're in conversation, they're spending more time remembering questions than being present with the person. So that's not helpful because the person then doesn't feel your presence and that you really care about them. But in the book, Coach the Person, Not the Problem, I talk about reflective inquiry that it's a combination of me just sharing with you what I hear you saying and the key words that you mentioned that are usually tied with an emotion. This morning I did a demo and this guy was talking about right now his habits aren't good. You know, he's at home, he, he was laid off from his job and he said, was saying I need to do these certain things in the morning and then he said, I need to do them consistently And I said, oh, consistently, that's the key word, isn't it? That you know what it is you need to do, but you're not being consistent. So I really listened to what he was saying and pulled out, you know, I summarized what he said and I pulled out the key words and just shared back to him. And then I can ask, what does that mean to you? It's a simple question. But the reflection is where they can stop and look at what they're saying and what they're thinking, which we as humans do not do this on our own. And the more emotions that are present, the more we're stuck in our stories and we can't objectively reflect on the stories that we're living by. So we need what's called an external disruptor. You know, that's what the neuroscientists call it. And and a coach, when we use coaching technique, we're disrupting their patterns and um, their stories by just sharing back. So you're telling me this, uh, is, is that, that what you mean? Is that how you see it? Or I noticed that when you were looking at your options that you were only really excited about one, you know, so what's stopping you from doing the one thing you want to do? You know, so you, we look for their emotional expression and their words and just share it back. It's not that hard if you're really listening, and then just be curious about what they said. It's so powerful for me to hear myself thinking, because then it makes me really start to question my thinking and see other possibilities. I feel like this is, in some ways, easier than how maybe I've expected managers or others have kind of wanted to show up in that you know, when you're talking with a colleague who's struggling with something or you're, mm-hmm. you're noticing a behavior that's not helpful, it feels almost like there's an obligation to help them fix it. Like if you show up without any ideas, then you're making it harder on them rather than easier. But what I'm hearing mm-hmm. in this is that, one, we should take that pressure off of ourselves because we don't know everything and we can't, yeah, we right. can't fix everything. And even if we have good ideas, they may not even listen to us. But then mm-hmm. two, the way that we can really help our people is by helping them help themselves. 
And if we reflect back what we're hearing and what we're noticing, Mm -hmm. then they can see what they're, one, it actually helps us understand who they are and Mm -hmm. it helps us or it helps them see their own gaps or see their own stories that aren't working. And the, yeah. the questions, the only things we really have to remember is to be present. And maybe I'm simplifying mm-hmm. this, but right, be present mm-hmm. to truly listen, to, to look for emotion and cues and reflect those things back, which feels, at least for me, way easier than trying to come in and feel like I have to have all the questions and I got to mm-hmm. have some ideas and I got to, mm-hmm. I got to like be prepared to support this person. It, it just, mm-hmm. it, it feels so, so much more obvious. But it comes back to your original statement when I think, what is my role as a leader? You know, and I often ask my leaders when I'm teaching them coaching technique, are you willing to give up being the expert in order to be the coach? And so they really have to check their values and their, their identity that I'm supposed to be the one that has the answers. But, you know, what you said about it may not be the right one. Well, they may be solving the wrong problem, and that often happens. We jump in to give someone an answer without hearing what the problem is, you know, then it, it doesn't apply. And then the person thinks, well, that's stupid. You weren't really listening. <laughs> you know? mm. So it's, you know, we have to step back and listen anyway and try to understand. And so the reflection is often just confirming, is this how you see the problem? Is this what's going on? What is it that uh, is different now about this problem? What's not, what have you tried that's not working? Well, we have to understand that even simply before we go in into really looking at a solution. You know, I always say um, they want you to be present more than they need you to be perfect. So, you know, quit trying to be a perfect problem solver because you're not even a perfect leader when you do that. But that we have to remember that the people that work for us, you hired them because they had some expertise. So in coaching, we say people are creative and resourceful. They're just stuck. So if this person is smart, you know, and, and can come up with ideas, why wouldn't I help them develop their mind instead of stifle their mind and not even develop their skills because I'm telling them what to do so they're becoming dependent on me? So I always say, you know, the role of the leader is to develop their mind and their ability, um, not tell them what to do. So, you know, unless there's a fire and you need to point to a door and that... Yeah. Can we not develop their thinking and their ability and they generally will be grateful and you're doing your job as a leader? I love this. Are there things that we can do to help ourselves recognize when we are maybe not, right? Like, like is it just that we need to find a coach for ourselves who can help us do this? <laughs> or like, or are there self-practices that we can do to kind of apply some of these behaviors to help externalize our thinking as you were, you were saying before? Well, I often, again, when I teach say, well, just go home and listen more, <laughs> mm. you know, I'm sure your spouse will like it anyway. And so the quicker that you can start practicing the listening and reflecting, the quicker you'll integrate it into your behavior. Of course, uh, it's always nice to have a coach, but you can buddy coach as well. So if you have a colleague that is also wanting to to learn these techniques, you know, you just coach each other a few times a month in in practice. Because I find a lot of times when I teach leaders, 
coaching approaches, and again, I'm not making them a coach. I'm just giving them a coaching approaches to their conversation. They feel awkward and uncomfortable the first few times, and then they don't do it. So I'm like, so go feel awkward and uncomfortable with a friend or someone you mm-hmm. care about. So, so you start feeling a little bit more comfortable with your skill. Then you can take it into your conversations, but don't give up. Don't give up just because it feels a little awkward. Yeah, I'm already thinking now about how I want to approach the dinner conversation tonight at my home differently, <laughs> right? And, you know, I have I have young kids who are often saying things. I'm just like, okay, let's just move along. But actually, even just practicing those kind of simple listening, oh, I hear this is what you said, or, oh, you seem really excited about that, like noticing energy patterns, mm-hmm. you know, picking out the words, tell me more about what this was or why that was excited or why you're interested in this. It feels like a really safe space to do it at home or with friends and then bring that into the, into the workspace for sure. Yeah, definitely. That's a great idea. So I want to kind of dig in a little bit on this idea of unearthing what somebody really wants, because I've heard others talk about how we don't always say what we mean and we don't always say what we want. Like it's three or four or five steps down the road before we actually even get to the, the heart of something. Mm-hmm. Has that been true for you? Do you, you find that to be an accurate statement? You know, you're right. And that's really at the heart of coaching the person, not the problem, that too many times people come with a problem and we jump into solving the problem. Again, overlooking that, why can't this person solve it on their own? What's stopping them? But the thing is, is that we need to flip the problem to what is it you want instead of what you have now? There needs to be a destination to our conversation. Otherwise, you end up chasing people all over the place because they have a gazillion problems. You know, and, and that happened this morning. I was doing a demonstration and the person came with a ton of problems. And, you know, I kept saying, so what would it look like if you woke up and you did things differently? You know, what would you want to be doing? And, you know, he finally then described it and even came up with the metaphor. I want to get rid of the roller coaster I'm on. Like, oh, okay. So is that what you want to work on? I said, do you want to get rid of your roller coaster of emotions completely or you just want to decrease the dips? Mm. And he's like, oh, I want to decrease the dips. Okay. So then we refined what he was looking at. So first, you know, I, I really need to a picture of what it is that you want to create so we can work toward that. And then I want to understand it more because you're going to refine it and possibly even change it as we look at what's stopping you from getting there. You might find something else that needs to be resolved and look differently in the process. But then it's the only way I'm going to know at the end of the conversation, did we progress? Are you moving toward what it is you want to create? So, you know, leaders need to know that there was progress in a conversation. So you need to have a destination and know if there was movement toward the destination. Again, otherwise, it's just a conversation about a problem that may not go away. Yeah. Well, and I I love this idea of kind of separating the problem from the the person because Mm -hmm. it's it's often easy to just solve the the media, but that doesn't actually solve the bigger picture or help them address it in the future. And I want to highlight this idea of metaphors because I've Mm -hmm. definitely found that to be an extremely helpful tool when Mm -hmm. I'm talking with people to ask them, 
well, one, first to look for metaphoric language that they use. And when they mm-hmm. say, like, I feel like I'm drowning, mm-hmm. like, they, that means something. And you can pick up on that in a way that right. is really fruitful. But then also to ask people to say, like, what are you feeling right now? Like, mm-hmm. and give them some language, some examples, right? Does it feel like you're treading through mud? Does it feel like, yeah. right? Like, I feel like it's how, it's how doctors do when they say, like, is it a stinging pain like a bee? Is it an aching pain yeah, right. like when you're sore, right? And mm-hmm. when you start to give people some of that language, like, they can then mm-hmm. find the right language for themselves. And that helps, at least for me, to get a much better sense of what that person might be feeling or experiencing mm-hmm. or um, or a new kind of path of exploration. Absolutely. You know, paint me the picture. Yeah. So we can both understand. It's very, very helpful. So what else should managers know if they want to do more of this kind of coaching approach with their team? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, again, just start with um, the simple reflective techniques of when people talk, just say, you know, so let me see if I got it straight, what you're telling me. And then just summarize it. You don't parrot it back, the whole thing. Just summarize it. And then if you hear key words, things that they stress or use more than once, to pull that out and say, okay, this this seems to be an important point for you. What does it mean to you? So just start with simple reflection of summarizing, maybe paraphrasing if they've been all over the place without putting your opinion in. And if there is a picture to, to pull that out as well. I think if we start there and we're, we're like, again, putting their stories out on the table to where they can look at it, it's a good place to start. And then you can ask a question just based on that. So what does that mean to you? Or is that how you see it? Is there something that we're missing? You know, just simple questions that come out of your curiosity, not your memory. I love this. And I'm thinking about a conversation I had recently where someone repeated back what I had said and said, is that really what you mean? And I was like, oh, God, no. Like, I realized Mm -hmm. I sounded like a complete idiot. Like, I was being Mm -hmm. really obnoxious in the way that I was responding or feeling about something. And just seeing it on the table, as you're saying, like, just having someone share that back was so powerful and made me realize, like, okay, maybe I am being overly emotional about something that really doesn't warrant that kind of response. And kind of, how might I? check myself into a, into a new headspace on this. Mm-hmm. You know, I love the word headspace. <laughs> There's a lot in that word, isn't it? Of what's going on in my head and how can I shift that? Because that's what we're talking about is the headspace and the crazy stories that we're telling. And, and it really is all about broadening that, working in the headspace when we're coaching people. You know, so again, it's not about the external problem. It's about what's going on in the brain. And can we shift that? Because once you shift people's stories, then they see themselves differently mm-hmm. as well as see the world. You know, and it was Einstein who said that reality is an illusion, but a very persistent one. <laughs> so we're kind of making up things, you know, as we go along and think it's true. And we believe our stories. But if I can use these techniques with you, then we start to see that reality is not what we thought and that there's different things going on. And it's okay. And often it's better 
than where we were stuck anyway, because we get stuck in a yes, no, right, wrong extremes and not seeing any middle ground. Mm. And that's what we're doing. We're helping people expand that. So well said. So let's shift gears a little bit and have you tell us about one of the amazing managers that you had the privilege of working for and what made this person so fantastic? Well, you know, there's different ways of defining leaders in terms of what's great, what was impactful, and what was fantastic. Right. (laughs) Yeah, because it's different. So like my first manager, only in hindsight do I see what she did. That was so amazing. I was so young and she dumped the whole training department in my lap. And I remember just being so frustrated because I didn't know what I was doing. And yet it's like she trusted that I was going to rise above. It's why I went to get a second master's degree in, in, in how to design training programs. And I just took it on. And I think she believed in me. She delegated. And it helped me with my entire path of my career. But then I had another manager who we didn't get along at all. And I didn't like him very much, but he had a way of hearing me that could just hone in laser-like to the way I was thinking and how it was hurting me. And so he would just reflect with one statement and one question, and it would change my life. Wow. You know, like one time when I was complaining about everybody else, you know, which high achievers often do. Nobody works as hard as me. And, and he went, wow, everybody disappoints you. And it just stopped me in my tracks. It's like, oh, wow. So what am I expecting? Is it disappointment? And then he just said, will anyone ever be good enough for you? And it made me stop and look at the expectations I'd been holding out for everyone else and myself. And how difficult that was for anyone to live by that, you know, which allowed me to go into my, no, you know, nobody does good work and and whatever other reasons that I was doing that. But just the reflection in the question right there made me stop and really look at my story and expand it and improve my relationships. So, you know, I didn't like him, but he was the most impactful leader I ever had. Wow. I mean, it goes to show you the power of getting people to see themselves and their stories, right? Exactly what we've been talking about today. That, Absolutely. That anyone can do that. It's not about having a great relationship with the person. Yeah. Amazing. And where can people learn more about you and your work? Well, my website is covisioning, one word, covisioning.com. And everything's there. Uh, you know, I'm Marsha at covisioning, but there's all kinds of resources to use and my books and my blog post is there. And so I think that's a good place to start. And of course, I'm, you know, on LinkedIn and Facebook. So I'm, you know, all over the internet, just like everyone else. So reach out. I'm happy to answer questions. Wonderful. And we'll put all those in the show notes as usual. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for this enlightening conversation. I really appreciate you sharing all of your wisdom with us. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for asking me. Marsha has put together a special page of resources with videos, articles, worksheets, and more, and members of the Modern Manager community get early access. This list is not available to the public until September 1st, 2020. To get access now, go to themodernmanager.com slash join and become a member. Plus, when you do, you get all the perks that go along with it. All the links are in the show notes, and they can be delivered to your inbox when you subscribe to my newsletter at themodernmanager.com. 
And for you longtime listeners, yes, it is now.com. I finally got the domain after more than two years of trying, and I am so excited. So check out the membership and everything else at themodernmanager.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration, and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.